You're listening to a podcast from I'dRatherBeWriting.com. My name is Tom Johnson, and today I am going to be talking about how to motivate users to provide feedback. The basic idea is to show that you're listening to their input. This is a post I wrote on February 1, 2019. The high-level summary is that to encourage users to leave more feedback, add a contact email field on your feedback submission form. And when you receive feedback, provide a quick response that shows you're listening and taking action on their input. A few months ago, we added a feedback form to our App Store Docs at Work. Uh, right below the title on every page, we added an easily visible button that says Submit Feedback. And this button just opens a Qualtrics form. Qualtrics is a survey tool. Opened a form where users could submit ratings and comments. Uh, and the initial feedback form, if you want to check it out on this post, basically said, um, you know, how would you rate the documentation on this page? Content is accurate. Agree, disagree. Content is com complete. Agree, disagree. Content is easy to follow. Agree, disagree. Then an open, open field question. How can we improve the documentation? If you need help, check out the forums and submit. Now, not a lot of feedback came through this form. Maybe one legitimate comment a day. You would get some spam comments as well. Um, but our metrics said that, you know, we had about a thousand people visit the docs a day. So I wasn't clear why more people weren't leaving feedback. I really doubted that they were all finding exactly what they needed and leaving happy and satisfied, right? Just not the reality of documentation. So I decided to tweak my feedback form a bit to maximize the number of responses. I, I started considering questions like, like these. What factors influence whether users decide to, to leave feedback? Um, are there design implementations that might double or triple the responses? How can we increase the percentage of people who leave feedback? Now, I was reading some research by Donald Kavanaugh uh, on this subject. Kavanaugh is a student in a tech comm program in Ireland. Uh, Donald actually has a lengthy research paper that he shared with me and which I'll be publishing as a guest post next week. And his research is specific, specifically on how to optimize user feedback controls and documentation to increase the number of responses and you know, uh, funnel in that input. Here's a passage uh, from his essay. He says, a feedback feature should engender in the user the belief that their feedback will be acted upon. A lack of acknowledgement of user's feedback and even less communication as to how it will be used to improve documentation mean that users will not believe that their feedback is valued and will not understand their place in a process that is ultimately for their benefit, that is, the continuous improvement of the online help." End quote. In other words, the more users feel that their feedback is listened to and acted upon, the more likely they are to give feedback. And this, this point hardly needs to be argued, right? As we confirm it uh, in our everyday conversations, if somebody's really listening, we talk confidently and openly. openly. If somebody doesn't seem to be paying attention, our conversations fizzle. I realized our original feedback form didn't have a 
contact email address for users to optionally list their email. I had omitted this thinking that PII um, forbid it. PII refers to, jeez, uh, I forgot what PII stands for. The collection of private information, personally identifiable information. Anyway, uh, I was wrong about this. I consulted with our legal department. They say they gave me the go ahead as long as we didn't store the email address for longer than two years. Um, so I decided to adjust a few of the questions on our form. Also, uh, not just adding the, the contact email, but aligning with AWS's feedback form, which um, basically has a couple of questions. How can we make the documentation better? What are you trying to do? And then the type of issue. Is it uh, kudos, typo, grammar, spelling, broken link, inaccurate content, or other? Um, I have found that adding this contact email field really does make a significant difference because it, it invites a conversation. It indicates that we are listening and will potentially respond. Another challenge that we had was to address the response time. Uh, in our original feedback form, we had to go to the Qualtrics site, which is a survey tool, and check to see if any responses had come in. But we only checked Qualtrics maybe once or twice a week. And this probably gave the impression that you know user feedback fell into a black hole, right? They, they submit a response and nothing happens. So I, I added a trigger in Qualtrics, it's an easy action that you can configure, to push the survey response to my email as soon as it was received. Now when we receive comments, we can immediately email the user with any follow-up questions or even just let them know that we received their email. And I have found that catching the user in the moment that they have feedback is key to encouraging more detail and elaboration from the user. After the user has moved on, one to two weeks, months, their feedback becomes much more general and unspecific, and they're, they're less motivated to share more. Now, I only made these updates a couple of weeks ago, but so far I've found that these tweaks are working well. Email that is pushed to my inbox seems to elicit more prompt action, as it's kind of like an email that's awaiting a response. For users who receive a quick reply to their feedback, especially including any actions that I actually take to address gaps in documentation. This experience increases our confidence in using the feedback form in the future. I still have the problem of addressing first-time feedback. When people have never submitted to the form, how can they feel confident that they'll get a response? How can you design your form in a way that you build trust from the start? Uh, for example, should I add promises such as receive feedback from a real person within 24 hours or your feedback is actively monitored and responded to within one business day. I'm not really sure I want to commit to that. Maybe I might experiment, but it's surely a best practice to respond quickly. And I'm realizing more and more, apart from this context of doc feedback, that people appreciate quick responses to email, even if the responses are shorter. Now, there's another issue that sort of arises. Making quick, meaningful responses also raises questions about bandwidth and focus. Suppose a user asks for more information about a product that I'm not actively working on. It might take a week or more to get the information. It might 
require me to email a bunch of different people and interface with different departments. In short, it would require me to stop making progress on my current project and instead set about fixing some information in already published docs. To what extent should I allow myself to be immediately derailed from my current focus to pursue some random direction that incoming feedback is pointing me to? Um, These are details I need to work out. Um, I don't claim to have the full knowledge and best practice here, but I do know that Users respond well when you immediately reply, immediately reply with some kind of informative and meaningful information. Overall, I'm encouraged by the positive impact uh, that I made from uh, that, that these small adjustments made. Um, I'm eager to learn more techniques that I can implement to improve trust and encourage more feedback. And as I mentioned earlier, earlier I'll be publishing this essay from Donald that has more research and uh, analysis on how to optimize controls for user feedback. So definitely check that I got check that out. Again, my name is Tom Johnson. You've been listening to I'd rather be writing.com, my blog, which is delivered as a podcast. You can also listen on Alexa. This is an Alexa skill. If you have a echo device or something and you want to build me into your flash news briefing, uh, you can. Um, it's also available on Stitcher, which is my preferred podcast app, as well as iTunes and any other podcast app you can find. Thanks for listening.